Thank you so much for joining me today on Just Praise Him Radio. I'm your host, Glenda Lomax, and my job is to inspire you to a closer walk with Christ. Now here's the show. Hello, believers. Welcome to the Just Praise Him radio show. I'm your host, Glenda Lomax, and the title of my message this week is Snakes in the Church. This is kind of an unusual show because we're going to talk about real snakes and we're going to talk about human snakes. I'm sure you've encountered both kinds. In the Garden of Eden, Adam and Eve were pretty much in the church every day because God showed up every evening and walked with Adam. Then that big mouth snake, Satan, shows up, spreading slander, bringing doubt, starting strife, and we're still trying to fight back that strife today, aren't we? Satan loves to try to make God look like the bad guy. He will try to convince you God won't come through for you, and if you don't spend enough time in God's Word and feeding your spirit with good teaching, you will fall for his lies because there will be no word in you to contradict them. He reads you the verses from Genesis 3. Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field, which the Lord God had made. And he said unto the woman, Yea, hath God said, You shall not eat of every tree of the garden? And the woman said unto the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God hath said, You shall not eat of it, neither shall you touch it, lest ye die. And the serpent said unto the woman, You shall not surely die. For God doth know that in the day ye eat thereof, then your eyes shall be open, and ye shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and that it was pleasant to the eyes, and a tree to be desired to make one wise, she took of the fruit thereof, and did eat, and gave also unto her husband with her, and he did eat. And the eyes of them both were opened, and they knew that they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together, and made themselves aprons. And they heard the voice of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God amongst the trees of the garden. And the Lord God called unto Adam and said unto him, Where art thou? And he said, I heard thy voice in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked, and I hid myself. And he said, Who told thee that thou wast naked? Hast thou eaten of the tree whereof I commanded thee that thou shouldest not eat? And the man said, The woman whom thou gavest to me, to be with me, she gave me of the tree, and I did eat. And the Lord God said unto the woman, What is this that thou hast done? And the woman said, The serpent beguiled me, and I did eat. Everybody was passing the blame, weren't they? And the Lord God said unto the serpent, Because thou hast done this, thou art cursed above all cattle, and above every beast of the field upon thy belly shalt thou go, and dust shalt thou eat all the days of thy life. And I will put enmity between thee and the woman. And between thy seed and her seed, it shall bruise thy head, and thou shalt bruise his heel. Snakes are everywhere. The humankind and the kind nature brings. And if you don't watch your step, you will look up and be surrounded by them. I'm going to be telling you all a lot of snake stories in this episode. In about 1973, my family lived in an old farmhouse in northeast Texas that adjoined pasture land where there were ponds to water the cattle that grazed there. We were very poor, and we liked to swim in those ponds on hot summer days, me and my brothers. One late spring weekend, I was out just exploring, and I wanted to check the larger of the two ponds, so I ran up the rise to look at it. 
just over the rise to the big pond, I suddenly found myself facing, because I just ran up over the top of it, 10 or 15 very large water moccasins coiled up and hissing at me. They had apparently been sunning themselves on the other side of the rise before I disturbed them. I was facing several, and I could see out the corners of my eyes that there were more coiled up to either side of me. I cannot adequately put into words what it felt like to be suddenly surrounded by huge venomous snakes hissing and barring their big fangs at you, but I can tell you that I was extremely athletic back then, and I could run like the wind, and I did. I twirled on my feet and shot straight back out the way I came, hoping there were not, there were not more behind me. And I ran straight back to the safety of that farmhouse as fast as my little flip-flop clad feet would take me. The Lord clearly protected me that day, there is no question. Because if you know anything at all about water moccasins, which are also called cottonmouths, you know they are more aggressive than most other snakes. Most snakes will try to get away from you, but not this one. This one will come for you. They are extremely defensive and territorial, and very venomous. When I worked in the swamps of Louisiana in the 90s, they would strike at a passing airboat just because it was in their swamp. I mean, they're, they're pretty vicious. This day at the Big Pond was my first up-close encounter with water moccasins, but it would not be my last. The following year, when I was 14, some friends and I were at another house on Cedar Creek Lake. We were going to swim unbeknownst to any of our parents. There was a pier there, so I jumped into the water. And about a minute later, a water moccasin showed up and began chasing me in the water with its mouth open and its fangs showing. That is not fun. Can I just tell you that? Only God's protection can explain how I managed to exit the water without being bitten because these snakes are very fast swimmers. That was the end of everyone's swim that day. I praise Jesus I wasn't bitten either of those times. Water moccasins or cottonmouth snakes inject hemotoxic venom, which causes you to bleed to death on the inside. Okay, so we're going to talk about snakes today of both kinds, the natural kind and the other kind. The other kind being the kind that show up in churches or Christian groups and make God look bad by their behavior towards other Christians. We know that we still have snakes in churches today and not just in the churches that have buildings. I can testify to that myself. The real question is, will we recognize them or will we ignore them until they start biting the sheep? And is anyone even trying to protect the sheep from being bitten? I knew someone decades ago who had been wounded in the church. Over 10 years later, he still had not recovered from that wound. Being wounded in a church, a place where we feel safe, where we go to receive comfort, inflicts a very particular kind of pain. Trying to understand why someone who's supposed to be your brother or sister betrayed you is a lot of what keeps the wound from healing. Brothers and sisters are supposed to love you, not try to destroy you. These snakes appear like brothers and sisters, but they do not act like them behind the scenes. Behind the scenes, all kind of conniving and trap setting and destruction is going on. But on church day, they are right there with their little church faces on, pretending like the Pharisees they are. And we know what Jesus said to the Pharisees in Matthew 23. Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites! For you pay tithe of mint and anise and cumin and have omitted the weightier matters of the law, judgment, mercy, and faith. 
These ought ye to have done, and not to leave the other undone. Ye blind guides, which strain at a gnat and swallow a camel. Woe unto you, you scribes, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you make clean the outside of the cup and of the platter, but within they are full of extortion and excess. Thou blind Pharisee, cleanse first that which is within the cup and platter, that the outside of them may be clean also. Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for ye are like unto whited sepulchres, which indeed appear beautiful outward, but are within full of dead men's bones and of all uncleanness. Even so ye also outwardly appear righteous unto men, but within ye are full of hypocrisy and iniquity. Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, because ye build tombs of the prophets and garnish the sepulchres of the righteous. In Matthew twenty-three, thirty-three and 34 says, You serpents, you generation of vipers, how can you escape the damnation of hell? Wherefore, behold, I send unto you prophets and wise men and scribes, and some of them you shall kill and crucify, and some of them shall you scourge in your synagogues and persecute them from city to city. There are many different types of snakes. Some are avid hunters, some not so much. Some disguise their deadliness. Some try to bite and paralyze you so they may devour you. Some want what you have but don't want to work for it. Some just want to gnash their teeth on you. Some just spread slander, hoping everyone will like them better than they like you, not realizing everybody with a brain can see through that tactic. Some snakes will make you ill. Others will kill you. All are dangerous to your well-being. The snakes in the church are no different than the snakes out in the wilderness. Snakes live only to kill and eat. They are devourers and really serve no other purpose than to make people like me scream like little girls and invent 28 new dance steps trying to get away from them. They kill and eat. Their venom paralyzes their prey so it cannot defend itself while they eat it alive. I hate snakes intensely. My grandson and his former girlfriend lived in a small rent house in Altus in southwest Oklahoma some years ago when she came home tired after work one evening to a real shocker. She was looking forward to making dinner and playing with her pet mice for a bit while it cooked. So she let herself into the house and she was the first one home and came face to face with a three-foot rattlesnake in her living room inside the house. Not what you want to see when you walk into your house tired from a long day at work. Can I just say that? I just want you to picture that for a minute because this is a true story. You are at the end of a really long day at work. You're tired. You're hungry. You just want to go into your house and kick your shoes off and make you some tea or coffee. And instead you walk in and find a rattlesnake in your living room. Which is clearly not something you can ignore, right? They had... Um, put glue traps down not to catch mice because they actually had pet mice and I don't get that either but they did and they loved them so much that they played with them every day and even had them cremated when they passed away. I can't make this up y'all. After my grandson came home and killed the rattlesnake they discovered where it had gotten in. Apparently it had smelled the pet mice and it had crawled through a broken air vent. And always remember this about snakes if you don't remember anything else remember this where the mice go the snakes will follow because that's one of their main food sources. And they had a glue board down uh, really close to the mice, where the mice uh, cage was. 
and he got stuck on that. Thank God. I praised God for that so loudly that he didn't let them get bitten. Not only that, but um, her little dog, which is a miniature schnauzer, was loose in the house when the snake was in there. And it is a miracle that she didn't go try to kill it. It is a miracle. I'm so thankful for that because she loves that dog so much. They had not lived in this place very long, and I don't think they even knew the vent was broken. Rattlesnakes are prolific in Oklahoma and in Texas. I don't know where else, but I know those two places because I've lived in them, and they grow big, too. Rattlesnakes, I read somewhere, are actually what created the need to wear boots in Texas, and I can completely believe that. Praise God, it got on that glue trap that they had put down, or that evening could have turned out really, really bad in many ways. I have held rattlesnakes before and have even eaten rattlesnake at one of the rattlesnake festivals they have every year in Oklahoma. I have since repented for that. I was not saved then. It is not a good idea to eat anything God has cursed. Yes, it tastes like chicken. The largest diamondback rattlesnake recorded I could find was 88 inches, which is 7.3 feet long. It was caught by one of the hunting teams at the Waynoka Rattlesnake Hunt in 2002. That is a lot of rattlesnake, y'all. You could feed a bunch of people on that if you were really desperate. There are towns that hold rattlesnake festivals every year up there. I don't know if there are in Texas or not. You know, there's a joke. <laughs> there's a joke that says if Adam and Eve had been Cajuns, they would have left the apple and eaten the snake. We wouldn't have all these problems. <laughs> that would have been nice. Moving right along. In late August 2022, Oklahoma State Parks tweeted a pic of a giant diamond back they caught and relocated. No measurement was given, but it looked from the picture to be four and a half or five foot long at least. They were reminding people that in the park, you're in the snake's house and to stay aware. When snakes are left on their own, all they do is kill and eat, kill and eat, kill and eat, and make people like me scream really loud. And by the way, a snake can usually strike half its body length. So if it's five feet long, it is a striking distance of about two and a half foot. Several thousand people in the U.S. are bitten by venomous snakes each year. And these are the kind in the wild, uh, or the natural snakes. But fewer than a dozen of them die. And that's not too many snake bites considering the number of people in the U.S. Most people get bitten when they're trying to kill or catch a snake. And a tip for you other dog lovers out there, most dogs get bitten when they are sniffing under bushes because snakes go up under bushes, especially during hot weather for the shade. Don't let your dogs do that because they usually bite them right on the snout too. And it can kill especially a small dog really fast. Snakes in the churches are no different. They are devourers too, but you have a far greater chance of being bitten by one of them. They are harder to detect. You could be sitting next to one and not even know it. Their fangs are much harder to see until they strike at you. Okay, there's at least four types of snake venom. All snakes inject proteolytic venom, which makes wounds on the body by killing tissues. Rattlesnakes, copperheads, and other snakes also inject hemotoxic venom, which causes the blood to malfunction, causing either clotting or internal bleeding which is a type of internal wound. Some snakes also inject neurotoxic venom, the most dangerous of all, as it causes problems with the mind. Much like witchcraft, it causes your mind to not work properly. Muscle paralysis and, lo and loss of consciousness, that sort of thing. Cobras, sea snakes, crates, corals, and black mambas are all known to inject neurotoxic venom. Those are a lot harder to survive. 
Some snakes also inject cytotoxic venom, which kills tissues. This is one of the venom types often found in cobras and known to cause loss of whole parts of the body. So different types of snakes cause different types of damage, but they all injure their victims, sometimes killing them. Venomous snakes inject poison that keeps killing things long after they're gone, and it is the same with snakes in the church. Really venomous snakes in the church can cause whole sections of a church to leave. They bring division and spew venom every time they open their mouths to others. But in church, all you will see is their smiling little churchy face. Did y'all hear the story in 2018 of a man in Texas who was bitten by a rattlesnake while doing yard work in his backyard? Jeremy Sutcliffe and his wife were expecting their daughter and granddaughter that afternoon for like a cookout or something. So they were tidying up their backyard where they lived near Lake Corpus Christi in South Texas. The woman reached into some flowers to pull out some grass and a big snake came out of the grass and reared its head up at her. She screamed, of course, so Jeremy ran over with the shovel and decapitated it. And it was a big old rattlesnake. Y'all, I would have screamed so loud I would still be screaming if that happened to me. I'm just saying, I would still be screaming. I'd probably be waking up from sleep screaming over that. About 10 minutes later, I think it was about 10 minutes later, the husband went back over, and because he had decapitated the snake, he went over and he picked up the head. of It was a four-foot western diamondback rattlesnake. So he went over and picked up the head, and he was the next to scream as it bit him. I did not know this, but snakes can still bite and inject venom for an hour or more after being decapitated. That's like something out of a horror movie. Never assume the snake is dead. That's the motto of this story. His very quick-thinking wife, who is a trained nurse, most likely saved his life as she got him into the car, calling 911 ahead of time, asking which hospitals had rattlesnake antivenin. That was really smart thinking. He nearly died numerous times that day, and his organs began shutting down several times. The doctors told his wife they didn't think he was going to make it, and he was only 40 years old. A normal bite requires two to four doses of antivenin. He required 26 doses. He lived, but it was a while before he recovered, and he no longer picks up dead snakeheads, by the way. Uh, Rattlesnakes in Texas are nothing to play around with, y'all, that is for sure. My stepfather, may he rest in peace, taught my son to always bury any snakehead at least 12 inches down in the ground. Now that makes perfect sense why he taught me, because I had never heard of doing that before. Uh, because, but think about it. If those snakeheads can bite you, they can also bite your dog, your other pets, your children, your grandchildren, anybody or anything that comes into your yard. Even somebody picking up your trash on Tuesday. I mean... They need to be put away. What if you just stepped on it? I mean, yeah, bad news. My beautiful sister Shirley told me a terrifying story years ago. I was not yet born, I don't think, when this happened. But um, she was, I think she said 10 or 12. But the family lived in West Texas, like Clarendon or someplace like that. Anyway, it was a hot day, and Mom told her to go outside and check the clothes that she had drying on the clothesline. So she went out and checked them, and she grabbed the big metal tub that Mom had left leaning there to put them in, and there was a big old rattlesnake napping in the shade under there, and he coiled up and hissed at her. Wisely, she took off running. Let me just tell you, I would have moved out of that house. I am not even kidding you. I would have called back over my shoulder. Bye. It's all yours. Rent's due on the first. You can have the furniture. 
as I sprinted to my truck and spun out, I do not mess with rattlesnakes. They are not playing with all that attitude they have going on there. I am just saying, I do not mess with them. Back to our story. Apparently, it is not that unusual for a severed snakehead to bite. According to an article in the Washington Post, Sean Bush, a snake expert at Brody School of Medicine in East Carolina University, told NBC News in 2014 that it's actually very common for snakeheads to still bite. He said it's a last-ditch effort to survive. In 2014, a Chinese chef was reportedly killed by the head of a spitting cobra as he prepared to serve its body for soup, according to the China Daily. I read a story, <laughs> I read a story about a guy who happened to be visiting a friend who took him to an old one-room church building in the backwoods of Arkansas. He did not realize just what kind of church it was until the minister started pulling rattlesnakes out of a burlap bag and passing them up one side of the aisle and down the other. There's a preaching job I wouldn't want. The man had never seen anything like this before, and he was not interested in somebody handing him a snake, okay? frantically began turning one way and then another looking for a way out but the only exit was up past where the preacher was passing out the snakes turning to the guy next to him he said where's the back door i got to get out of here the man said we ain't got one he said okay where would you like one then because <laughs> i'm fixing to put one here <laughs> i love that story I used to live in Arkansas. I love when autumn comes and fall leaves drift down on autumn breezes. I think fall is a beautiful season. But in Arkansas, you have to be careful about those leaves on the ground because like churches, they can conceal serpents. Copperhead snakes are prolific in Arkansas. When I moved into the little yellow house of horrors in Arkansas, one showed up on my front porch to say hi, I guess, or welcome to the neighborhood, I don't know. My son promptly killed it, and I later buried it because my dogs were very curious about it, and it was right by the sidewalk. Yuck. When I was 12 or 13 years old, growing up in northeast Texas, I was walking through a pasture by an old farmhouse that we lived in. This was different one than the other one where the tank was. And I almost picked up a copperhead that was sunning itself. I thought it was dead, and I had never seen such a pretty snake. And, of course, I didn't know either not to pick up dead snakes that back then. I quickly realized it was not dead when it coiled up on me. Copperheads are venomous pit vipers that strike you as soon as they sense heat when any part of your body comes near them. Praise God for holding it back from biting me. That's just one of the many times the Lord preserved my life. Copperheads blend perfectly in with beautiful fall leaves. And when they sense a predator is near, they will sometimes freeze in place, making them blend in even better and making it tougher to discern the danger. And they don't even have the good manners to rattle at you like rattlesnakes in Texas do. That's just not nice. So snakes are everywhere, and it pays to be watchful where and how you step so you see them before they spot you. Can you recognize a snake if it comes into your church? How do you tell the snakes from the surroundings? Some of them know how to hide really well. What do you do when you discover a snake in the church? And how do you protect yourself from attack? I want you all to leave comments and share your stories of snakes in your churches. We cannot just kill the kind of snakes I'm talking about. Those that slither in and blend in or hide in the background, bringing a suitcase full of division and strife with them. Be careful of those serpents that hide behind beauty or hide behind fake sweetness or false flattery, waiting for a chance to strike at you and bring destruction. It only takes one step in the wrong direction. Psalm 12, 
says, The Lord shall cut off all flattering lips, and the tongue that speaketh proud things. Who have said, With our tongue will we prevail? Our lips are our own. Who is Lord over us? For the oppression of the poor, for the sighing of the needy, now will I arise, saith the Lord. I will set him in safety from him that puffeth at him. The words of the Lord are pure words, as silver tried in a furnace of earth, purified seven times. Thou shalt keep them, O Lord, thou shalt preserve them from this generation forever. The wicked walk on every side, when the vilest men are exalted. Remember this, a snake is always going to bite you because that's what snakes do. And a snake don't know how to be anything but a snake. Almighty God in heaven, help us to honor you and your great name as we go about our days this week. Help us to see and be aware anytime we're near, near a snake of either kind that wants to do us harm. Give us eyes to see and ears to hear your warnings, Lord. Help us to avoid the dangers of serpents, both in nature and in your churches and in Christian groups. And we give you all the praise and all the glory, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Jesus bless you. Thanks for listening. Y'all have a great week. Thank you so much for tuning in today to Just Praise Him Radio. I hope this has inspired you to a closer walk with Christ. You can contact me by mail at my new address, JPH Inc., P.O. Box 854, Altus, Oklahoma. That's A-L-T-U-S, Oklahoma 73522 or by email at wingsofprophecy at gmail.com. JPH is not affiliated with any nonprofit organization, church, or denomination. Listen to Just Praise Him Radio on WINB, 4 p.m. Eastern on Sundays and 9 p.m. Eastern Thursdays each week. Does your life feel like it's falling apart around you? Are multiple things going wrong all at once? Does it seem all your comforts have been stripped away? You may have entered the wilderness. Wilderness experiences are often times of great discomfort and lack. Every Christian must pass through the desert on the way to their promised land. Find out how to go from surviving to thriving by partnering with God as He leads you in the path that will strengthen your faith and prepare you to step into your destiny. The Wilderness Companion will help you find out why you have been led into the wilderness. Find out the biggest hindrances to receiving the provision you need in the wilderness. Find out what the seven temptations of the wilderness are. Learn how to partner with God in His purposes for you in the desert seasons. Get your copy of The Wilderness Companion today. The Wilderness Companion by Glinda Lomax on Amazon.com in print, Kindle, or audiobook. Do you know someone suffering from domestic violence or another form of abuse like verbal abuse? Did you know abuse has deep spiritual roots that cause abuse to be attracted to a person throughout their lifetime? Now, the Escaping Abuse Study Guide helps you discover and remove those spiritual roots so you won't be an abuse magnet. Get the Escaping Abuse Study Guide or get one for a friend. Available now on Amazon.com. Escaping Abuse Study Guide by Glenda Lomax. Available now on Amazon.com.
What is in store for the once great and mighty nation of America in these end times? What is the living God saying to the people of America now? What could possibly be in store for a nation that once trusted in God, but has changed its path from following in the living God's ways to now removing Him from everything and walking the other way? In the book, No Longer Mind, you will find all the messages to America collected in one place in chronological order. No Longer Mind, Messages to an Unrepentant Nation is now available in print at wingsofprophecy.com in the bookstore tab. Get your copy of No Longer Mind today.